You're listening to Youth and Loud. The show that's the show that's quiet about the trivial things, but loud about the important things. We discuss all issues relevant to youth. If you'd like to find out more about the show or have a topic idea, check us out on Facebook and give us a shout by searching Youth and Loud. On this episode, we talk about grief and loss and how that relates to young people. We'll chat about the causes and symptoms of grief for young people, how we can best manage and process our own grief, how we can support a friend who is grieving, and what teachers and parents and other adults can do to support a young person who is grieving. For this episode, we talk with Kaya, the CEO of Griefline, and Jackie, who is a Specialist Bereavement Counsellor from the Australian Centre for Grief and Bereavement. Our conversation with Kay started by asking about some of the reasons that young people experience grief during their adolescent years. Kay talked about how the loss of a loved one, the loss of a friendship or other relationship, the loss of a job, experiencing complexities in families such as separation or divorce or moving out of home for the first time as some of the reasons why young people experience grief. People experience those sorts of um, symptoms in relation to all sorts of grief, loss and trauma. So it can be in relation to a death, it can be in relation to an end, um, end of a relationship, it can be in relation to um, a loss of a job, um, finding that they um, perhaps being involved in a course isn't working for that person and that comes as a quite a huge shock. Um, it can be in relation to um, divorce or separation within a family. Um, it can be in, um, in regard to a loss of a pet or loss of a friendship. One of, the, uh, one of the many challenges um, in terms of that transition, uh, being younger, is that many of the things a, a young person may be experiencing, uh, maybe the first time they've experienced them. For example, a loss of a relationship. It might be that person's um, first serious relationship. And so there's, there can be a whole range of unexpected of responses and feelings and thoughts and it can also come as a huge shock the person the young person the young adult may um it might be very unexpected that the relationship suddenly finished or that they've chosen a cause that they thought was really going to meet their needs and they realize it's not a good fit um it might be that the uh that the young person has moved away from home to attend this university um, so they may not have their usual networks in place Uh, friends from school or friends from their childhood may not be there and so that's also a really big transition Um, it's a big transition I guess for anyone Uh, there can be a whole range of reasons just moving away from family they may have been really close with or there may have been some complexities with family Jackie from the Australian Centre for Grief and Bereavement also talked about how there are a number of different experiences where a young person can grieve, 
such as loss of innocence and loss of identity. Jack explains what she means by these. Well, obviously the most, uh, the biggest one is death, but a lot of people often think that that's the only time people agree, but it's really, there are a number of different circumstances where uh, a young person can agree, and that could be, you know, obviously uh, there's divorce, so uh, um, divorce, separation, it could be a loss of innocence, loss of identity. You know, as kids we might grow up and we might have a dream of being a certain person or, or living within a certain type of family unit, and I think our fairy tale stories you know, um, all years ago, and I'm showing my age, and I was watching the Brady Bunch, where you think, oh, it's the ideal family, you know. Um, so the loss of identity could be, I imagine that I would be this type of person, um, and it really comes when I grow up, and all of a sudden, I'm not that person, right. so who am I now? You know, from a person, you know, I, ha um, I was working with a young girl who was grieving over being uh, a young woman children. Having her first child had such an impact on her because she gave up her job and she was a mum and she was like, but I thought I was more than mm, a mum. Who yeah. am I? Mm. You know, and so it's just, you know, unpacking this, gee, I had this big attachment to I was this person in my work career, but now that I'm no longer working, I'm a mum. Mm. Who am I now? And the mum being the mum in our conversation with Kay from Griefline, she also talked about some of the symptoms that young people can experience when they go through grief in their lives, including shock, anger, sadness, guilt, worry, change in sleep patterns, and physical symptoms such as headaches. Um, look, the symptoms in relation to grief or loss uh, um, are very similar across um, you know, across ages. Specifically, also, there isn't a particular formula, um, but some of the experiences may include, you know, shock and anger and sadness and guilt, um, worrying about why, for example, the relationship broke up or why, um, you know, the, their studies is not a good fit any longer, what's changed. There might be sort of a preoccupation with those things and um, sometimes there might be difficulty concentrating. There certainly might be some changes in terms of a person's sleep patterns um, and, and also there might be some physical symptoms. You know, um, a person might experience headaches or feeling really tired or not uh, motivated. But I think the important thing is that everyone is different. Um, for someone, um, you know, the experience just may not make any sense. Um, and we try and desperately make sense of things that don't make sense to us. Similar to this, Jackie from the Australian Centre for Grief and Bereavement talked about how grief can impact the day-to-day -day lives of young people, including their feelings, thoughts and behaviour. It's interesting because grief um, is a multifaceted experience and, and what I mean by that is it, it impacts you on a number of different areas in, in a person.
person's life, so it has an impact on on how we feel, obviously on our thoughts, um, physiologically, you know, some often come in, young, young, young people can often say, you know, my heart racing, it races, and, you know, I'm sweating a lot more, um, it has an impact on, they start to question um, big things in life, you know, often they're big existential questions, why did this have, have to happen to me, I don't know why I'm here anymore, what's my purpose, um, and obviously when we think about grief impacting you know, our emotions, our thoughts, our bodies, um, our spirituality or religious views. When you think about all of that, no doubt it has a massive impact uh, on our behaviour. Uh, and for a lot of young kids, it could be, you know, risk-taking behaviour, um, you know, withdrawing, feeling quite isolated in their experience. So it has, a, it has an impact on many areas of one's life. Jackie goes on to talk about how it can support and help someone who is experiencing grief and loss. Jackie mentions the importance of sitting with that person, listening to them, creating a space where the person feels safe and comfortable, checking in with them and asking how they are going, letting the person know that you are there for them, and treating the person normally such as by continuing to include them in friendship get-togethers or activities like going out for coffee or to the movies. The biggest thing is find someone that can actually listen to them. Because there's a lot of people, I think, in our society, you know, death is still such a taboo subject or to grieve. You know, a lot of people find it really difficult to sit with someone when they're in a place of despair. And um, a lot of people tend to reach out to these wonderful um, cliches which um, really are unhelpful comments. Uh, things like, well, they're no longer suffering or, you know, they're in a better place, all those things. I um, mean, a lot of people, one of the biggest things is they, they feel that nobody really understands them. Um, and when, when they are grieving, Nobody really comes up and wants to sit with them and talk to them because they don't know what to say. So one of the biggest things, as I would say, is to listen and to listen more and to create a, a, a space where, you know, a young person feels safe and comfortable with you. And, and I know they sound really so simplistic, but the power of, of listening and to allow someone to be heard seen and understood a really great gift you know one of the big things is is a lot of young people often say that um you know when they're grieving a lot of they feel quite isolated because people don't know what to say and all of a sudden their friendship groups have fragmented because their closest friends tend to withdraw from them um and it's a simple thing in sitting down and saying how are you going today even adding that, how are you going today, mm. you know, is, is, is a great thing or to even sit with the person and say, I really don't know what to say or what to do, but I just want you to know that I'm here. I'm mm. here and I'm happy to sit with you. Yeah. You know, it could be things like um, treating them normal. Like a lot of young people say, um, you know, because we know that young people treat them normally like still 
ask them if they want to go out to the footy or if they want to go to the movies. You know, don't exclude them from any um, type of activities or things that you would normally do mm. um, with that young person. One of the big things is often um, people don't like to talk about, um, say if a person has died, a lot of people are too frightened to even mention their name because they often think, oh, I don't want to make them sad or, you know, and the thing is they are sad anyway and when you don't mention their name, it actually makes them, uh, can actually have more um, um, of an impact on them because in actual fact a lot of people do want to talk about the deceased and when you don't even mention their name, it's like that never existed. Mm. So just off the back of something that you said, why do you then think that um, teens and even young couples, like when, when they lose a spouse or, you know, a partner, why do you think people then tend to um, abandon them or not want to, you know, visit or socialise with them? As well? well, I think it's because they, um, they confronted them by their own mortality. It's like, oh, wow, this can actually really happen because it's happened to someone that they know. So I think one of the things is it, it actually hits home that then they're confronted with their own mortality and what does that then mean? And I think our society, we're not, we haven't really been taught how to talk about our emotions. So that's why we tend to move towards these cliches because we're in a society where, and I think social media has a really big impact on this, where nobody will ever post anything around if they're having a shitty day. It's about, it's about look at the breakfast I'm having or look at this great holiday I'm on or look at this great car I've got. It's like we're so obsessed with this consumer culture and, and having this, this, this idea of you have to be happy all the time. When someone's sad, I think we've really lost this ability to actually just sit in the rubble with them. So people get really nervous about that because they're not quite sure how to just sit and listen to someone mm. and just be there with them and sit in the rubble with it gets really uncomfortable so then people tend to withdraw and they might sort of send a text thinking of you um, but you know not really just sitting with them which um, a lot of people tend to come to counselling to have someone sit alongside them and truly listen to mm. their story. Coming back to our conversation with Kay from Griefline, she also talked about how to best support and help a grieving person. Kay talked about acknowledging the person's loss and not try to avoid having conversations about it, asking the grieving person how we can best support them, and just like Jackie mentioned to, continuing to engage with them and include them in activities as you normally would. and they're experiencing a loss or grief. For some people, um, the natural response is to avoid conversations about it uh, mm-hmm. because they might have had their own grief or loss themselves in their life and they might have found it hard to support their friend. So the best thing you can do is to really acknowledge what the other person's going through. Acknowledge mm-hmm. your own difficulty in perhaps supporting them. You know, saying things like, look, I'm not really sure, you know, what is going to be the best thing or the best way of supporting you. Um, is there anything that um, you can suggest um, 
that is going to be useful, useful way of me supporting you. Um, that's one thing that the person can actually, to just check in with the person, um, just to be aware and, and to actually let the person know that even though this is feeling really hard, you know, it is a normal part of life but, and we're going to get through this together. Mm. And and in sort of continuing to engage with your friend in terms of things that they've enjoyed in the past, um, so particular activities, catching up with other friends, doing things that you know this person does enjoy. Mm. Uh, so those sorts of continuing with the, the natural and, and unusual rhythm of what has worked in the past, that is also a useful, a really useful way of, of supporting your friend. But also, importantly, checking in with them. You know, just, um, as I said, asking them what they think will work, what what um, they have enjoyed in the past. Um, so continuing the usual way of engaging. And, and also, importantly, creating a space where the, where the person can speak about what's actually happening for mm. them. Because yeah. talking about something really does make a very big difference. Uh, you know, supporting the person to talk through what's happened to them can also be a very useful tool as well. Often when someone's grieving, people can, um, even close friends, can really want to help, really want to be of assistance, but really not quite know what to do. Mm. And so you can unnecessarily make it complicated, um, but, you know, just checking in and asking the person and sort of saying, look, I really don't know how you must be feeling mm. or what you're thinking at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I, I really want to support you and I'm going to be guided by what you um, know will work. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, and we can work through this together. I think that whole sense of feeling that the person's not going through it alone mm. makes a difference. And also, they also recognise that their friend doesn't necessarily have the answers. You know, it's it's about just supporting each other and creating a space where, you know, the person that's experiencing the grief and trauma really feels that they can just speak and talk about what's been happening for them and talk about, you know, a lot of the a lot of the feelings and thoughts that do feel confusing. Um, you know, what can be useful um, if you are a friend and you wanted to support someone, recognising that there's all sorts of feelings that are attached to loss and grief. Not all of it is going to be sadness. You know, uh, for some people, they may have a lot of anger. They may be really preoccupied. They may feel have a lot of guilt. They may sort of feel really shocked and, and mm. it just not make any sense. And it might take a person, you know, uh, some time to work through those, those sorts of thoughts and feelings. And there isn't a sort of formula in relation to this and there isn't a timeline. Everyone's different in terms of how long it takes. Kaya also went on to explain what a young person can do to help process and manage their grief in a healthy way. 
Can you mention that it is helpful for a grieving person to acknowledge that their sense of grief and loss are normal aspects of human experience, to recognize that the grief will pass, and to also continue with the normal rhythm of life? So, uh, one of the most important things to realize, and it certainly doesn't feel like this at the time, but to recognize that that, that sense of grief and loss are very normal um, aspects of uh, of human experience. Mm. Um, acknowledging that, um, really acknowledging the loss and the grief in itself is really important. Acknowledging that it, it is going to pass, um, continuing with the sort of usual rhythm of, of your life before, before you experience that grief and loss. So, making sure that you still connect up with other friends who've been supportive and families and, and, and family and the sort of connections you may have had. You know, you might have been really into particular sorts of sport or cycling, um, walking, uh, yoga. Um, so continuing with those things is really, really important. Um, and creating a space for yourself that's perhaps separate from the sorts of feelings and thoughts that you're experiencing as a result of your grief and loss, that's also really important. One of the other questions that we asked both Kay and Jackie was how adults such as teachers and parents can best support a young person who is grieving or who has experienced loss in their lives. Kay mentioned that it's important for adults to become familiar with the grieving process and the different feelings that can be involved with grief, such as feeling sad or angry. Kay also talked about the value in continuing routines as normal, such as continuing family mealtimes or playing soccer together on the weekends. So again, um, acknowledging the loss is really important. Um, and and also, I suppose, um, be, becoming a bit more familiar with uh, the the grief process, understanding that it can it can involve lots of different types of feelings and thoughts. Um, it it's not just about I guess feeling sad. There can be lots of feelings, including anger and resentment and guilt. Um, depending on what the grief and loss is. Uh, So there can be lots of unexpected thoughts and feelings that are linked with the experience of grief and loss. So one of the other things um, that's really important for, you know, teachers or family um, to be, uh, or extended family, is to continue to engage with that person. Mm. You know, um, often family feel that it's because of their own loss and grief in the past, they might find it difficult engaging in that space and they may think the best thing to do is is to disengage and not talk about it mm. and, and behave as if nothing's happened yeah. um, just because of their own experience. So mm. in a way, um, being able to acknowledge that again to the young person by saying, you know, um, my own experience in the past has made me feel a bit um, uncomfortable um, 
in in sort of talking about what you're going through mm. because I don't think I really dealt with things when when I was going through my own loss and grief. So mm. I really want to support you, and I'm wondering um, if there was a way that you thought would work for you that I could help you with. Mm. Um, so identifying their own sort of a confusion about it and uh, and and also identifying that you know there might be lots of different emotions and thoughts that you are going through um and some of those thoughts and feelings might be really confusing but just really important for you to know that i'm here and i'm completely non-judgmental in wanting to really support you with this um and so that's one thing also to continue with the usual ways of engagement so you know if if the family has dinner every sunday making sure or every friday making sure that you continue doing that mm. um that that the the young person is in, still engaged with those activities um knowing that the young person might um, may be involved in other things like, like for example cycling on the weekend or or catching up with uh a game of basketball or football or um, cricket or any tough sport, continuing those activities. Um, so, uh, so they're the sorts of things that can can really help. What can often happen, in, in certainly with in terms of working with young people and and older people, um, people of all sorts of ages, when they've been experiencing grief and loss, is that sometimes because of um, a person's uh, discomfort in talking about grief and loss, they may find that it's that they distance themselves from the young person, and, and of course, that's the worst thing you can do. Mm. You know, the best thing you can do is to continue um, that relationship mm. and continue the activities, continue the regular phone calls and or SMSs. Um, it really does make a difference. Even if you're feeling uncomfortable yourself, just SMSing, texting mm. someone can really make a difference. They can really feel like they're not alone and other people do understand. When Jackie responded to the same question, she said that it's important to recognise that people process their grief differently and went on to explain that some people are expressive and like talking about their emotions while other people prefer to intellectualize or analyze what they are going through. Regardless of how a person processes their grief, however, Jackie said that it's important to create a space that gives a grieving person the opportunity to talk about their exper experiences. Some people are very 
really happy to talk about their emotions and be really expressive. And some people rather um, like to intellectualise um, their grief, you know, where they need to sort of gather the information and analyse it and then try to find solutions. So we've got two different ways of grieving. Those who are really more emotion-focused and then we have those who are more solution-focused. So it's important to understand that people grieve differently and respect those differences. Mm. And, and um, one of the big things for parents, I always say, is to really model good grief. And what I mean by that is, you know, I, I often hear from families where, um, you know, a lot of the kids um, say, oh, we don't talk about that at home. Um, you know, so then what happens with a child is parents might, may not cry in front of them. So a child then thinks, well, I shouldn't cry because my parents don't cry. Or if I'm angry, oh, my parents don't do anger very well. They, they hide it. So therefore, if I'm angry, then I don't know how to express that. So they then model that if that makes sense. So it's really important for parents to understand that, you know, to model good grief because if a child is then left with these really big, strong emotions that they're dealing with on their own. Jackie also went on to say how teachers can support a young person who is grieving, such as by letting the student know that you are aware of what they are going through, asking the student how you can be most supportive, listening to them and letting the student decide who else in the school knows about what they are going through. interview with Jackie from the Australian Centre for Grief and Bereavement, Jackie talked about how it's important to help a grieving person integrate the grief, to not try and take it away, but to help them process their grief, sit alongside them, listen and have empathy for what they're experiencing. Through that, which is incredibly difficult. 
Likewise, at the end of our interview with Kay from Griefline, Kay mentioned that the main messages to take away is recognising that grief can come with many emotions and thoughts, that there are no right or wrong feelings, to know that grief is a normal part of human life, and to stay connected with friends and family when we experience grief. experiencing any type of grief or loss it can involve many types of emotions and thoughts mm. and some of those emotions and thoughts can be quite unexpected so where it might you might think beforehand it would you would respond in a way that to where you feel a lot of sadness you may in fact feel a lot of anger mm. or a lot of guilt or um or be really preoccupied with the negative aspects and that's absolutely that's absolutely fine. That is what you're feeling. There is no right or wrong. Uh, it's just a very individual, singular approach mm. to what you're experiencing. That's important to remember. Yeah. The other thing that's important to remember is sometimes as a result of that, um, you may feel like you really want to disengage from people and really... You might feel this inert, uh, the urge to withdraw. Um, really important if you can try and stay connected, um, knowing that grief and loss are a very normal part of life, um, and, and knowing that even though this is feeling really hard and really confronting, it is going to pass. That brings us to an end of this episode of Youth and Loud. Thanks to Jackie from the Australian Centre for Grief and Bereavement and Kay from Griefline for joining us on the show. If you'd like to find out more about Youth and Loud, you can check us out on Facebook. And to listen to other episodes of the show, you can go to youthandloud.org. That's youthandloud.org.